Welcome to The Kingstonian, a podcast that profiles individuals who are passionate about what they do for a living, about what organization they belong to, or simply passionate about the community they are a part of. Hello there and welcome. My name is Dave Cunningham. We continue our mini-series featuring women covering local news. This time around, we focus our attention on radio and the work being done by Alex Fernandez, the Community News Coordinator for CFRC, the campus community station based on the Queen's campus. Our conversation was recorded using Zoom on November 2nd. Alex, welcome to the program. Thank you so much for having me. Now, before we get to your current position as the community news coordinator for the radio station, I'd like to talk a little bit about you and how you got here to Queens. Now, my understanding is you are a fourth year student from Mississauga and you are studying what? I am studying film and media. So I'm doing my major in film and media. And I am also doing a minor in music as well. And those are kind of, um, they were my favorite classes back in high school and two things that I found that I was really good at. And so I wanted to kind of do a career in those um, different fields. And I wanted to find a way to merge them as well. So for a long time, my Um, dream job so to speak was to be a film composer so bringing those two mediums together Um, but now obviously with you know almost two years of experience working in radio and stuff like that that's definitely a new avenue that's opened up for me Um, there's a lot of a lot of things to consider for sure especially um, now like you said I'm in fourth year so I'm graduating soon as well so definitely a lot of things to consider. Now you're also doing a business certificate? How does that work? Um, yeah, so it's um, in addition to my degree. So it's um, some additional courses that I have to take along um, the time of my undergrad. Um, I do have a year after I graduate to complete it as well. Um, so I'm also working on the business certificate through the Smith School of Business. Yeah. That's crazy schedule. It is a crazy schedule, <laughs> for sure. It's definitely a lot to manage, but I find that, um, you know, when I'm the busiest, I feel like I work harder, if that mm-hmm. makes any sense. It's a little yep. bit, yeah. Now, I was looking through your resume that you kindly sent just to get some background on you. And there's a lot of stuff that you've been involved with, some of which is in the past and you're not doing it now. But I'm sort of curious if you wouldn't give us mind giving us a thumbnail sketch of what some of these things were about. So you did some marketing for an outfit called AR Business Brokers. Yeah, so that is um, a commercial brokerage estate in Mississauga. It's my dad's company. So after my first year, I was working for him um, doing marketing and I had never really done a marketing job before, but it was really interesting doing it in the real estate world and stuff like that. Um, And I've kind of taken that with me and used some of that information and the things that I learned. And I'm also part of a startup here in Kingston through Queens. Um, That's a real estate startup and I'm the head of marketing for that as well so um, yeah I've definitely you know gone into something that I don't really see myself in but it's been useful for me so that's good. So you got some experience in marketing and you were a peer ambassador within the university and for those folks not affiliated with the university what sort of work does that involve? 
Um, so every summer, um, Queen's University hosts a orientation program essentially for two weeks. Um, and it's a one day event called SOAR and it stands for Summer Orientation to Academic Resources. So doing that, I was um, specifically Masters of Ceremonies. So I was introducing guests, introducing speakers. Um, and it's basically a day where students, incoming first year students come in with their families and they get an orientation to Queen. So that way they're more familiar with the services and resources that are offered here at the university. So I was hosting that event um, alongside about 10, 15 other students as well. Um, and I was also on a student panel answering any questions that parents may have had um, and just helping the whole event in general. Yeah. So you've also had a lot of experience with film festivals. Yes, I have definitely um, some really, really rewarding experiences um, and really once in a lifetime, hopefully not um, realistically, but yeah, last summer in May of 2019, I got to attend the Cannes Film Festival in the south of France, interning with a sales company in London there, which was an amazing experience. Um, getting to go to world premieres, walk the red carpet as some of the biggest celebrities you can think of, like mm -hmm. Brad Pitt and Leonardo DiCaprio. <laughs> it was surreal. And I still think about it all the time. And um, that opportunity with that sales company actually led to them um, hiring me to work for them at TIFF last year in September, the Toronto International Film Festival, which is um, amazing. It was a very, very intense week, um, so to speak. It was 18, 20 hour work days, um, but I got to meet um, people from all over the world. Um, in the industry, I got to meet a lot of celebrities as well um, and really have um, experience in event planning and um, publicity and PR for talent and agents and all that kind of stuff. It was super interesting, for sure. Now, I'm wondering how you've managed to uh, increase the amount of hours in a day based upon looking <laughs> at your schedule and all the different things that you do. You've been quite busy over your your three years here at Queen's. Yes, I have. I have. Um, but I, I like to keep busy, like I said, and I think also getting involved and especially nowadays, um, you know, when you're applying for jobs and stuff, especially in the arts industry, experience is really um, what matters and what counts mm -hmm. and really sets you apart from other people, um, which is why I definitely do focus on that a lot um, and try and, you know, make opportunities for myself and make things happen. Let's talk a little bit about CFRC. And for those of you listening who may not be aware of some of the details behind CFRC, it's a campus community radio station that's been around since 1922, which makes it the oldest campus community radio station in the world. And it's nonprofit. It has one full-time and four part-time. Do you, is that uh, correct? Or is it three or four? I can never about remember. I would say five full-time people. Okay. Five, five full-time? Really? Yes, okay. as of now, yes. The rest of the uh, makeup are volunteers, and those are folks who do a lot of the programming. Mm -hmm. And uh, the station itself is just one of the many non-academic volunteer opportunities that are available to students at Queen's. And I'm interested to know what drew you to the station. 
Yeah, so I started um, working at CFRC um, in May 2019, last year as well, um, right before I left for my internship in France. They were super accommodating, which was really, really great. Um, and I basically started the process of looking for a summer job internship back in February of my second year. And I came across um, the jobs at CFRC. And it, radio was something that I never really saw myself in. Um, I do like public speaking and I like communicating with people, but it was never something I really considered. And so I looked into it and I looked into the station and it was really interesting that CFRC was not your typical radio station that the, kind of the things that I would hear on my drive into school back in Mississauga, um, but it was an independent radio station, so not commercial. And it had such, um, such a variety of programming. And I thought that was really interesting. And I kind of wanted to be a part of something like that, that gives everyone a voice. Um, and so I applied and I have kind of just been with CFRC ever since. I worked as the news and arts coordinator last summer. And then after term ended, I stayed on as an indie wake up call um, host last. Um, so I guess I would have been the fall semester of my third year and then wasn't a radio host anymore uh, at the beginning. I helped with the AMS referendum, however, and then started working again um, full time since May and still going for about another year or so. But yeah, that's great. Now, this episode is part of a mini series of programs that we've been doing, uh, focusing on women who cover local news. And I'd like to know what drives your passion as the community news coordinator for the station when it comes to covering local news. What is it about local news that drives you? Um, I think there's a lot of value in just having having people be more aware of what's going on in their city. I remember my um, love for journalism kind of started in second year and stuff um, through reading articles in the Queen's Journal or the Queen's Gazette and things like that. And I guess um, I sort of got more involved in news and I wasn't really involved in it before. Um, and I started being more active with it and um, talking about it with other people. And so I realized the value that kind of comes from it, you know, informing people about what's going on, um, sharing different perspectives. And it also just helped me learn a lot more about the university in general, because I was reading a lot of university articles specifically. And so um, I guess my drive for, you know, sharing news with people for the last year and a half or so um, has just been from wanting to tell people about um, things that are going on that they should know about and also um, informing people about some of the really awesome things that are going on in Kingston that they may not be aware of, like up and coming musicians or artists um, um, and different events and different organizations and committees that I had not really heard of before. But because of this role as being the news coordinator, I've um, been able to learn so much more about the city and um, hopefully inspire people to learn more about things and get involved, perhaps. Are there a couple of stories that sort of stand out for you that you may have covered and uh, done programs about? What sticks out as um, a couple of special shows? Yeah, um, this summer, um, is with everything kind of going on with um, the folks at Bell Park um, and the whole kind of 
Um, are they being evicted or they're not being evicted process and everything. Um, also with like the integrated care hub, I was really focused on that this summer and constantly um, looking at updates um, about what was kind of going on with that whole situation. And I um, really nice to just see so many people rally together to support these people. You know, they probably didn't even know who they were for some of them. Um, so like being able to even just bring the community together in that way, informing more people about stuff like that is a really rewarding experience. When it comes to covering some of these stories, uh, given the fact that you're quite busy with school and some of the other activities you've got, and traditionally uh, campus community radio stations don't have a lot of resources, how do you cover some of these stories? Um, I get a lot. I get a lot of emails sent to me on a daily basis um, that are different press releases and things like that. So I try and take a look at all of them, especially if they're focused within the Kingston or a little bit outside of the Kingston area. Um, and other than that, I will also just uh, look up some organizations in the Kingston area, look up nonprofits, um, things like that, look at what other news sources are talking about and um, just kind of go from there. Um, I think that also social media is a massive, massive help in um, trying to find new stories, um, especially if you just, you know, look at something through a hashtag, for example, like hashtag Kingston or, you know, YGK, something like that. Um, you never really know what you can find. So there's little pockets and little avenues that I take to find different stories to talk about. But um, just also, you know, people giving me tips, um, sending me news releases is always a really big help and where a lot of it comes from. Social media certainly has changed the way news is covered these days. Incredible oh, changes. Definitely. For those of us who have lived in Kingston for a long, long time, and in my particular case, my time at Queens uh, is way in the distant past, but those of us in Kingston continually <laughs> hear the phrase town and gown. So the relationship between the university and the city of Kingston. And I'm wondering if you've ever thought about what role you might play as the news coordinator at the station, being involved directly with Queens and then looking to do stories about the city itself. Do you see your, yourself as having a role in the relationship between the town and gown? I do. I, am, I, I do, because uh, being both someone who does, um, well, now, you know, have living in Kingston technically for the last three years and for a little bit more um, right now, and also being a Queen's University student, I try and kind of like bridge that gap um, that maybe Queen's University students more so feel, because I know that we have such a big um, audience when it comes to um, you know, um, local Kingstonians and stuff. We have a lot of people who listen, um, but um, a lot of Queen students know of us, but a lot of kids nowadays um, don't really listen to the radio. So I find that, you know, being a Queen student myself, it's important that I kind of bridge the two together. So that's why I do try and focus on Queen's University news as well to kind of bring in that student listenership um, either by talking about, you know, things that are going on in the AMS, just Queen's events, or talking with different um, Queen's clubs and stuff like that. Um, but then also um, kind of, you know, connecting um, Kingston folks to Queen's by giving updates um, on the university and stuff. So I try and, you know, talk a little bit about both, kind of balance it out so that way um, there's that 
kind of middle ground and connection between the two. Now, I guess to do your job, you would have to recruit volunteers, like bring students into the radio station to help you out with respect to doing stories themselves that you could incorporate into the program that you do. The business of recruiting student volunteers, I'm curious to know if you know what percentage of the student body is from out of town as opposed to from Kingston. Do you have a sense of that? Um, well... Not too much, but I know that um, typically in first year, at least, um, they say about 95% of first year students um, are moving into residence. And because Queens is not a commuting school, it's a university town. Um, well, Kingston's a university town, and there are a lot of people that come from outside of Kingston to attend Queens. That's suggesting about 5%, give or take. Um, are not moving into res, so who are um, from the Kingston area. So, yeah, okay. Yeah, so quite so a I, bit. I, I would gather that that would sort of compound what you were talking about earlier, the business of you being from out of town and living here for the last three years. And so one of your goals is to try to uh, introduce more of the university and what goes on there to the people who live in Kingston and vice versa. So I imagine that that would apply to the students that you try to recruit to help you out doing your program. Yes, for sure. So even with, um, you know, the volunteers who work at our news collective right now, too, um, you know, at first, obviously, because we are Queen students, our first source is the university for getting information about news events. We get them to our emails. We see it across all the different, you know, Queen's University socials that we follow on Instagram. Um, so I try and encourage my news collective folks to also, you know, be like, oh, like, you know, maybe on today's brief, why don't you talk a little bit more about things going on in the Kingston community? Like we can kind of focus um, and kind of like divide it up. So that way there's, like I said, a good mix between the two. So that way it's um, informing everyone in some way. Um, and it's not just programming and content um, is group specific, so to speak. Now describe your program for us. It's a half hour show once a week. Yes. So, okay. uh, yeah. So it's called Today in YGK and it airs um, every Wednesday at 5 p.m. on CFRC. Um, and then we also, as a news collective, we do daily news briefs that air every morning at eight o'clock. Um, and then we also do some little spots here and there um, that are kind of random if there's a, you know, super hot news topic that mm -hmm. we want to put on air. Yeah. So the half hour show, is it on one particular topic or is it a mix? Um, it's a mix. It's um, usually so I started it in the summer in May. And a lot of it is focused around how different organizations and events and all that kind of stuff, um, how they're adapting to COVID-19. Um, so I focused a lot on different events that were happening in the summer. So I talked, um, you know, with people at the Isabel Bader Center. I talked with KCFF, um, Skeleton Park Arts Festival, um, a lot of different um, local artists and organizations like that to talk about their programming and how the pandemic affected um, their festivals and whatnot and their different events and how they're kind of adapting. Um, and even nowadays, like still with, you know, restrictions are a lot more loosened up now than they were back in May, but mm -hmm. still a lot of things are being affected. So still having um, those conversations with people and different um, folks in the Kingston area. Yeah. 
I know your show has not been on all that long, but do you have a sense as to who your audience is? Have you heard, gotten feedback from people listening? I have not. No, I actually don't know. So it's a little bit of a mystery in that <laughs> regard, but yeah. We can always hope somebody's listening. Yes. Uh, <laughs> you are also involved with Queen's Television, right? Yes, I am. Now, yes. tell us a little bit about that. I think people have a perception. Uh, there was another version of QTV or Queen's Television a while ago, but this is a student-run organization, correct? Yes. So a little bit of background story. And from what I understand, because these are just kind of like archive um, articles that I've read on the internet and stuff, but there was um, an organization called Queen's Television or QTV um, that existed and it... Um, was part of Queen's University and they would, um, you know, produce like skits and some news coverage and stuff like that um, on um, cable TV. Um, and then about 2020, so now maybe about six, seven years ago, I think around 2013, um, Queen's TV or QTV shut down and it became Studio Q. So they dropped that service um, of that type of video programming and now they're Studio Q which um, does video and photography and yearbook services um, for the university. So um, two years, last year in February of 2019, um, I started Queen's Television um, and I actually had no idea that it used to previously exist, funny enough. Um, but I started the club um, and we went through the whole process of being ratified in January of 2019. And then we became an official club um, thanks to the university's um, acceptance of us into the AMS clubs um, in February of last year. And we've been operating ever since. We uh, used to produce um, weekly news videos and event videos as well. We would go to events and cover them, um, do some kind of fun stuff here and there. Um, but obviously now with the COVID-19 pandemic, things are a little bit different. There's not many events to cover, um, not much news in general. And especially, you know, it's not something like just a news article that someone can type out at home, send for editing and upload. It's all about having news accessible um, through video because it's something that people can see, read, hear, um, and all that stuff. And that was the whole purpose of the club to just be an inclusive and accessible news platform. Um, but you, we have some exciting projects in the works, but it's been really interesting and such a learning experience running it for the last almost two years because um, I've never really ran my own news station before. <laughs> um, but it's a learning experience every day. It teaches me something new, um, but I have a great team. There's about 20 of us um, who work together. Um, so yeah. Now, can people access Queen's Television? Where yes. would they access it? Um, we're on Facebook, YouTube, Instagram, at Queen's UTV. Um, and we also have our website, queensutv.ca. We have our videos on there, um, our different you know, types of content, just trying to keep Queen's folks updated about what's going on on campus and also just provide them with some fun entertainment as well during this tough time. But yeah. Before we wrap up, I'd just like to get some sense as to where Alex Fernandez is going when she's graduates next spring. <laughs> it's a question many have asked in the last <laughs> few months. <laughs> um, well, definitely uh, sticking around for the summer. Um, 
mostly because of, you know, still working at CFRC and stuff as news coordinator. Um, that's a role that I have um, until the end of August. And then eventually I would like to, you know, get some experience working on some professional production sets um, in the film industry, figure out what I want to do after graduation and after this job is um, done and move to um, probably Toronto, close to family and stuff like that. Um, but yeah, I definitely like to get some experience working on a set um, just because I'm used to student sets, but that's not anything too, too special. Um, and then maybe eventually also, I'd, um, you know, with all the experience that I have at film festivals and stuff, I would um, love one day to work um, like in events for the film industry, you know, traveling to festivals, um, working on launch parties, all that kind of stuff. I had a really great time doing it at TIFF and Cannes. Um, and I'd love to be given the opportunity to do it again in the near future, hopefully. Well, regardless of what you do decide to do, I wish you all the best. Thank and I thank you, you so very much. much for being part of the program today. Thank you so much for having me. I had a great time talking about all this stuff. <laughs> Theme music for the program is Stasis Oasis, a tune written and performed by Kingston musician Jim Aylesworth. If you have any questions, comments, or suggestions about any of our episodes, please send a note to the Kingstonian Podcast Facebook page. This is Dave Cunningham from Kingston, Ontario. Thank you for listening. Until next time.